Heavenly Father, we are privileged again to come to you and listen to what you want to tell us now. Lord, we are in a challenging situation, everybody, in this world. And we should not be in the world, from the world, we should be with you. Please help us to understand what you want to tell us today. Please bless each one here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <coughs> so. Oh, this is where I talk. <laughs> We're sharing a microphone. And we have a interesting complex topic conflict solving dealing with problems with challenges and this is uh, very challenging for each one it, Terry will tell our story a little so you understand where we are and where we went through and then we will see some analysis and, and so forth and some uh, suggestions of solutions we uh, want to say greetings from Sonmat, Switzerland this is the place this is a family our, our daughter our daughter and son-in-law and son-in-law and they have this uh, health center as a family they have a helper from mission schools and we sometimes also help, are able to help. And let me tell you, if you work for God in God's end time strategy, you will notice that he's behind you and he blesses you. And we have a lot of miracles going on. Uh, <coughs> it would feel an hour to just tell what happens when we follow Christ's method. Christ's method and his strategy. <coughs> so this is the place here. You may know maybe uh, Lake of Constance. And we are right now here. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Germany, Austria, Liechtenstein, Italy and France. And from this mountain you can see all these countries. This is called the Sentis. Uh, it's very close by. And also these mountains here. Now it looks like this probably. And now let's start. Honey, it's yours. Okay. <coughs> so since our, our subject is about um, conflict management, um, I thought it would be good, or we thought it would be good to um, tell you a little bit of our background and our potential for conflict. Um, yeah, we teach uh, Christian home classes in, in several mission schools now, and we have learned um, through teaching, mostly, uh, more and more about all the mistakes that we made in, in starting 
our relationship and, and in our conflict management in our early um, marriage. And, and we're happy to, um, to share what we've learned um, so that others can possibly have a, an easier time of it. So um, from the beginning, uh, we have had different upbringings. Our home life was completely different. I grew up in America, in California, um, and he grew up in Switzerland. So we already have a huge cultural uh, difference. In my home, there was a lot of conflict. In his home, there wasn't so much conflict, or when there was conflict, it wasn't noticed as much. Um, I came from a, from a divided home, although my parents stayed together. They, they had a lot of differences of opinion. My mother became a Seventh-day Adventist when I was eight years old, and my father didn't. But he had been raised an Adventist, so he had the, the conscience conflict within him, and, and uh, he was also an alcoholic. His parents were both Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, his father was, was a, a real medical missionary at that time for the understanding of that time, which we didn't actually even realize until later, until we got into this work. We realized, ah, oh, he was actually doing that too, mm -hmm. but we didn't realize it at the time. Um, as far as discipline goes, um, or, or punishment, in my home there was a lot of corporal punishment. It was tough, impatient and explosive, and in his home, it was strict, but kind, conversational. Um, my father was very hardworking, and he, hurt, he worked to send us to Adventist schools, so, but he wasn't home very much because he was working all the time, except when he was, yeah, otherwise away. And uh, he had a very hardworking father, and he was also... Sure. He was roofer, yeah, but he was also not present so much in the family. So, so that was a little bit of a common denominator. But we had a lot of differences. We had a lot of things in common, but not such important things as you would think, you know, when you're thinking about what's important in a spouse. You know, we both like sports, so we played soccer together. We both like music. You could play the piano. I could sing. Um, we, we played chess and, you know, card games and things like that. We were very different then. <laughs> um, but those were things that, that um, bound us. He was a teacher and I was learning German, so, so that was a, a good thing. I was a good student. He could teach me a lot, and he taught me a lot of other things as well, not just German. Uh, he was very smart and I was very naive. Uh, what's so funny about that? <laughs> isn't, she, isn't she nice? <laughs> yeah, I wrote a song about, you know, how much he taught me. Um, but we had our, our challenges in, you know, they say opposites attract, and opposites do attract because things that are very um, fascinating for, for you in your um, personality, 
you you like the things that are different in someone else, and that draws you together. And for a while, it's it's um, extremely attractive. attractive. <laughs> but uh, things you know, opposites. Sometimes you can get on each other's nerves with being opposite too. And I was quite quite choleric and melancholy, and he was very sanguine and melancholy. So in the melancholy, we kind of met uh, each other, but. Yeah, choleric, very explosive, and and so in my culture, um, I grew up with the like the American sitcom humor. I don't know if you know what that means, but you know, making fun of each other is fun. You laugh and you make a joke at somebody's, you know, if they have a long nose or something, and just you find a a smart. Um, comment that makes everybody laugh around and you think that's funny well the person Ooh. that you're that, that you're talking about they feel it and that's what I had to, one of the things I had to learn from him that that's not really a nice thing to do you do not do that with a melancholy <laughs> and, and I said well you know it's not really true you know he says yeah but there's a part there's always a part that's true and that part hurts so, so um, I had to learn, you know, from coming from because I grew up with television, and and Sonny and Cher, the short guy, the tall, skinny with the long nose, and and they made fun of each other, but they were, you know, a happy couple. So that's what kind of I learned. So then, that's why they split up. That's why they divorced. Yes, and and yeah, and when I was growing up, I didn't see behind the scenes what. Everybody knows now that none of the stars are happy, right? Um, we had cultural differences. Um, an easy thing was like I had to learn to eat with a fork and knife before I met his parents. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Americans eat with a fork, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, our language differences, but that, that kind of... Um, smoothed out. I mean, that was easy because I was learning German, so it was fun for him to teach me German. But at some point, I also wanted to speak English. <clears throat> but then that was like the, the, you say, missed the boat on that one because he was so used to speaking to me in German, and that's the way it's always going to be. Um, so he didn't have to really stretch his English skills until he started teaching in, in mission schools, and that was praise the Lord for me. Uh, <laughs> Still um, learning. <laughs> and, uh, and we had the conflict of, well, in the beginning, we didn't really have conflicts at all. The first four years of our marriage were mm -hmm. like smooth sailing. We were in love and, and uh, you know, and I was l like, wow, you know, I'm so <laughs> happy to be uh, together. And, and everything was so easy until we had children. Because then, when you have children, you think about training your children, and you have a tendency to train the way you were trained. And so then we had discussions, you know, how are we going to react when this happens? And like she this changed. Thing. I changed. Yeah, and after the first child, I was, before the first child, I was number one. After the first child, I was number two. And then, and then three. And then four. <laughs> and you notice this after being number one with her. 
<laughs> but he says, I changed, but I say, I didn't change. You know, mm -hmm. I just adapted to the circumstances. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he was kind of forced to adapt to the circumstances. So, um, and after we had children, then it was even more important to me. You know, before we got married, we had discussed about a, a little bit. We hadn't really discussed where to live, but I assumed that, you know, we could spend a couple of years in the States, and we had plans for that, which I don't have time to um, explain why that didn't work. But I always thought the time will come, and we can still move to the States for a year or two, and then his English will get better, and then, you know, everything, and then he can get to know my culture better, which he didn't really want to. And, but I didn't know because we didn't discuss it. Um, yeah, and when my children, when, when the children were here, then my need for them to know my parents and my parents to have a relationship with my children and for my children to know my culture and things like that, those things came up, which I hadn't thought about before because I was naive, as I told you. Um, and I hadn't had the Christian home, you know, the input that says, you know, think about this and this and this and this before. Um, so the, the definition of disappointment, can anyone tell me what that is? Unfulfilled expectations. So when you don't talk about something ahead of time and you just expect it and that expectation is not fulfilled that that causes disappointment and that causes conflict and so one of our greatest conflicts was because I always cherished that that um, desire to to live in the states for a certain amount of time or something so we so we um, yeah, we had some some major discussions, but we never really finished it. And I'll let him maybe come to that how we how we solved that conflict in the end. Um, maybe I should say it now, or it'll get forgotten. Okay. So at some point, when it was like the came to a head, that conflict, he said to me, "If we are ever going to be happy again." you will have to forget about going to the States. And I was like, really? <laughs> because we really weren't happy because I was really, you know, I, I, I was choleric, you know. I was like building up this case for years and we've been here for years now and we're spending so much money on this and if we went to Oregon, we could buy a mountain with the money that we're spending with this, you know, once a month we have to pay all this. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so, so when he said that, it was like, uh-huh. So I have, I, I basically have three choices here, you know, I, and I was at the point where I was thinking, shall I leave? You know, shall I, shall I take the kids and go? Or shall I stay and be miserable? Or shall I stay and be happy? Three choices. No. I didn't want to deprive the children of their father because he's a really good father. Um, and I really didn't want to be unhappy for the rest of my life. So, by God's grace, knowing what the conditions are 
for happiness that I, you know, like put that aside and then I don't have that expectation anymore. Um, God was able to help me to be happy in Switzerland and yeah, we got a house. That was nice. We got to buy a house so that I could actually, you know, knock down a wall if I wanted to. She did. <laughs> cut down a tree if I wanted to. She did. To. <laughs> so my, my Americanness was able to, you know, be satisfied. Without asking me. When I came home, I saw. <laughs> well, it was the smart thing to do. Yes, of course. And it's easier to ask for forgiveness afterwards, right? <laughs> So anyway, and we had some other other issues like of how how are we going to eat? I was when we got um, together, I was a vegetarian leaning towards veganism, and he was a meat eater leaning towards meat eating. <laughs> <laughs> I was working for Swissair at that time and ate breakfast at home. And well, not when we got married, but no, later. But we we compromised. We compromised at vegetarianism at home. And and he ate meat when he was out, when he was at work, when when we traveled, when yeah. So, yeah, that was a But I stopped with 50. Mm -hmm. mm. Right. I leaning the other way. Good mm -hmm. good job. Because I always ate at home. <laughs> I had to stop. <laughs> right. And the and the one more uh, thing was that I just want to mention before before I hand it over to him so that he can give you all the solutions, um, <laughs> is the 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 conflict of parent approval or disapproval in a relationship. So when when uh, we got together, uh, my parents were were happy for me. Whatever you know, if he, they just said, if you're happy, we're happy. When his parents said she's American you know <laughs> and they were very Swiss and and she doesn't know how to mm -hmm, you know cook <laughs> <laughs> but she learned in, within two years she was cooking in the Adventist school in Zurich I was a quick learner that they didn't you know take into consideration but I just want to say in the meantime because we teach Christian home and we teach young people, people that are considering getting into a, um, a relationship, that parent approval is an important thing. And it's important to work with your parents if they, if they don't understand, you know, what it is to, to, to kind of work with them and take them along in the process. And if we had done that, we could have also saved a lot of conflict in our marriage because, because it was kind of a an ongoing disapproval. I mean, they they went along with it, you know, but it wasn't like hearty. And and I realized later, after studying these things, that if if I had been more uh, humble and had been able to accept their disapproval as like a, a challenge to win them before just saying, no, we're going to do what we want to do. I'm old enough to make my decisions. 
um, thing, then they could have been friends. Yeah, we could have been uh, had a, a warmer relationship, and uh, yeah, so that was all the. I mean, it's not all the potential. We had a lot more potential <laughs> than for that for conflict, but. Um, just so you get an idea of the of the background that we're working with, and mm -hmm. with this, I will give him the microphone. Okay. Let me stick it on you. And I will look forward to hearing the rest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any questions to her? Thank you, honey. Uh, one thing I have to tell you: this is. Uh, very interesting. After married for two years, I was 25, she was 24. The General Conference had a, a spread out uh, test about temperaments, and we did the temperaments test. That's why we, we know about temperaments. And that was an eye opener for us. Wow, this is how we are and why we are the way we are. And uh, this made many things conscious. You know the sentence, truth will set you free. Some people, they do not want to hear the truth about themselves. They do not want to find out the truth about themselves. They're missing something because they cannot get free. You need to be interested in truth about yourself. And the best source is Christ. Now, besides the temperaments test, we did an aggression test. Aggression test. And before we did the test, I knew exactly that she will be high. <laughs> high. I knew. <laughs> and when I got back the test, I thought there's something wrong with this test. <clears throat> because I was high too. <laughs> I thought, man, there's something. How come I have so much aggression in me, almost as, uh, as much as she has with her past, me having a relatively good past, childhood? Wow. And then I immediately bought a book, Christian book about aggression. What is about? How do I have to understand aggression? <coughs> and I found out not everything is bad with aggression. It depends on the motive behind it, you know, if aggression is fed by fear, it's bad. If aggression is fed by love, it's wonderful, it's a blessing. So, so there's not everything bad. But just to, to let you know, if you are full of aggression with, you know, inside, it has an impact. It has an impact on your conversation. Now you can imagine that our conversation is very delicate. If you have full of power, it will come out. And so we had to learn to talk with each other and to, to feed this aggression with, with love, put it on, on the love channel, not the fear channel. We'll, we'll see a little bit more about this. So we want to go three, three, these three steps here from, from problem analysis to design to to solution I do not like to talk about problems because people that are 
pessimistic. They talk about problems, but people that are, that are Christians, Adventists, positive. They talk about challenge, okay? You see the difference? Optimistic. Good. So where is the challenge? Now, I don't know exactly the rates of your country, but in Switzerland it's just really bad. We have a high rate of divorce. Do you have that? Are you with me in this? Above 50. 50, huh? We have above, above even. Above. No, above, he says uh, above. Above. We have about 52. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, so that means, you know, you marry and at least half of it splits again. Maybe marries again. So, so we have a problem with, with marriage. Is it better within SDA? No. How come? This is because we live in the world, because we, we, we do not learn certain important things. We do not prepare to live in this world and not be in the world of the world. And, and we do not realize that we live in the end time and family is my topic. I have a blog about family and I write to the world and she translates it into English. She goes all over the countries. What can we do to have strong families? Because if we do not have strong strong uh, marriages, we will not have strong children, we will not have a, a good future. No, somebody has to do the job here to prepare uh, the people for Christ's return. So then the personal question, where are you with dealing with conflicts? How do you deal with conflicts? Think about it. Is it, are you good in dealing with conflicts? Did you learn to deal with conflicts? So, again, the slogan, you, we have to find out the truth about ourselves. I'll give you some puzzles, puzzle pieces now. And maybe you find something that is for you, okay? Then keep it and take it with you into your life, into your learning moments. It is easy to judge the actions of others using our own preferences as the standard. You know, it's easy. <coughs> so easy. We have to get over this state. And to make this a little more conscious, we have, we are different, right? Everybody knows we are different in work, in thoughts, in imaginations, in feelings, in wants, in principles. The whole childhood is different. What a blessing, what a challenge. And so this leads different people to different behavior, of course. This is the concept. And Mr. A is, can be critical, which makes a crisis over here, and vice versa. So this is how conflicts develop. Now, as a teacher, I have, I see, sometimes I teach uh, uh, primary students, three, third to the sixth grade, and I see it happen children get cold 
they do not understand what love is all about. They destroy their brain having no idea what happens with them, having no idea and nobody tells them. And if they tell them, it's too late already. I have third, I, I've seen third graders, I could tell this guy plays games, gamer. You know, you can, you, can, you can see how it destroys the motivation level and then when you cannot learn, there's no learning without motivation. If you have killed your motivation, you're lost. You cannot learn anymore. God, it's only a miracle of God that can save this person. Yep. Good question. When, when you, as a parent, when you come into conflict with your child, because their worldly friends uh-huh. are in that mood of uh, exactly. uh, blocking out whatever mm-hmm. is real with mm-hmm. video games mm-hmm. and things like that, how do you take that conflict with your no. kid? Now that's already a very good question. Uh, because it, because it, it, it has to be a learning yeah, yeah. If, if exactly. you miss that point, you will only mm-hmm. create a division. Right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a very, very important question which uh, uh, has to do with all parents. Who is parent here? Okay. Good, very good. Now, what you have to build up in your children is, this is my suggestion, okay? What you have to build up is, let's be strong. Let's be strong as Jesus is strong. Let's be as Jesus. Let's ask him to help us to be strong as Jesus. If children want to be strong like Jesus, and you tell them, if you do this, you will kill your brain. They do not want to do this. They do not want to kill themselves. Unless they've already done it. So this is the, the two systems, you know. We want to have end-time children these days. And they have to be strong. You have to study the marshmallow test. Four, five-year-old children being able to wait for 15 minutes for a dessert. Adults cannot do that, many. All children that can do that with four or five years old, they will be successful. Romans 12, 21. Replace the bad things with good things. So it means it's a very challenging situation when you have children that are already in dealing with social media. This is not a topic we have now. This is a topic in itself. But if they have to, de- if you have to deal with this, you have to help them. You have to fill up their love tank. If you do not know how to fill up their love tank, if you do not know their love language, it's very difficult. You need a lot of prayers and. You have to go down to their eye level in order to reach these children and to talk to them and love them so that they realize what they want is love from you and not from the from the, from the game. gaming from mm-hmm. it's a very delicate stuff if you have personal us uh, things there we can talk later so the enemy wants to destroy family 
God, you know, as we heard, you know, God, uh, the enemy always turns everything around, what God creates. And so he tries to kill the family by killing the first marriage and then education. Uh, the society helps in this thing. You know, postmodernism is just really a status where it's so low. I, I don't think the Romans were so low that, as we are now. It's really, really bad. It's, uh, it's, it's worse than, than you think. Let me tell you, it's worse than you think. And then we have these generation conflicts that get get stronger and stronger because the the brain of the of the baby boomers, like me, born before sixty, the baby boomers, they went through a totally different system than the the uh, generation Z Z, uh, born after two thousand. It's totally different, and it's very difficult for the Z, for the Z, 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 to learn from from Generation X or, or or baby boomers. Very difficult because they do not understand this system. So the system has so much change that it's very difficult for parents to reach the level of the children because they live in a generation postmodernism that is so hard, so so strongly going uh, away from the good side that it's really, really a challenge. And something that most people don't know is that the education system you go through, you went through, most of you, is destroying your extrinsic, uh, intrinsic motivation. God, in his grace, wants us to be intrinsic motivated strong that we can say at in difficult times we can say no i want to go here not there and for this you need strong intrinsic motivation but the whole school system tries to kill it the jesuits made it in, in a way that the the most uh, schools uh, kill this in, ex, intrinsic motivation to make the children do what the teacher says what they says, what the, what, the, what the economy says, this is what they have to do and they have to learn, and 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 and, and it kills their their uh, strength with which they are born. If you see a little child, it's full of intrinsic motivation, and the same child, twenty years later, does things only for money, for extrinsic motivators from outside, you know. It's a big, big problem, but most people have no idea. Yeah. May we have Yeah. My God. Yeah. If you ask, then because we are far away from God, which is our basic problem, we have the problems, the real problems, and and I found out, you know, in my counseling sessions, I found out that a lot of people have do not see a difference between conditional love and unconditional love. When you educate your child with conditional love, how difficult will it be for the child to understand God's love, which is not only conditional, but also unconditional. And the unconditional component of love is so high potential, so strong, especially for marriage, so strong that uh, we need it. We need it. 
That's a topic in itself. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is actually destroying this way of communication today mm -hmm. is that we have missed uh, focus on conflict because today it has shifted all over into acceptance. Mm -hmm. And not dealing with conflict. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. Mm -hmm. We want to enjoy life, we want to be happy. You know, and this makes us not realize and not think about and not take the energy to think about where is this leading to? What is going on here? Maybe my wife or my husband has a problem in this or a challenge, and we want to talk about it. I want to help him or her and so forth. Yeah. I found out that uh, this. Uh, yeah, worth, worth uh, love. That's the reason why we are blaming each other. <laughs> because if you have an unconditional love, then you love no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. Then you cannot. Then because we have a picture of that love is something between uh, uh, between people, but the unconditional love is between you and God. Mm -hmm. So you have no one to blame. Mm -hmm. You are not filled with unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And this unconditional love from me to God mm. will have a big influence on my love to my... Exactly. Because it's coming from there. Exactly. And you can just right, right. And all those people who doesn't, do not know this mm. big disadvantage. Mm. Very good, yeah. The component of unconditional love is a very important component of God's love. If you understand this, life is different. You know, we heard some, some very good presentations about this. You know. But if you don't have it, and you have to have a, a marriage, whew, very difficult. No wonder we have this divorce rate. You know, you uh, unconditional love laughs because of love. Unconditional doesn't doesn't yeah, doesn't make you, you. I give you only if you give me. If you give me, if you love me, I love you too. Or the opposite, I cannot love you because. Right. Yeah. And then there's this giver and taker, you know. And yes. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Now you can ask yourself, you, when I get criticized, ask yourself, hey, do, this is the critical part. I have the impulse to fight back, you know. If somebody said, oh, I do not like this, uh, do I build up a fighting position? Or can I take it? Who am I? When I get criticized, I justify myself. Yeah. You know, if, you, if, if somebody in the, in the Sabbath school class criticizes your, your just formulated nice idea, then fight begins. Yeah? If a friend criticizes me, I'm injured and close up. If someone else makes a mistake, it's important to me to point out to him or her. You know. 
Do I need this? Do I need to do this? Put other people down? Criticizing them? So I am somebody? I'm aware that criticism is often just a projection of the topics, weaknesses and expectations within me. This is already going to the smart part actually when I get criticized I have the impulse to fight hold on we did this the positive how do I how can I have a positive uh, tension here I do not take criticism personally and do not feel criticized as a whole person meaning you know some things I did can be wrong but that doesn't mean I'm low worth I lose my worth. I'm nobody anymore. I do not look for excuses when I made a mistake. I am aware that criticism is only an opinion of the other person. It's an opinion and I better find out the truth about it. I'm ready to question my own behavior. I can pick out the helpful parts from criticism. I know my strengths and weaknesses and therefore I know how to sort criticism well. Now, little story. Uh, can you come? I did once an experience when I was uh, teaching in Madison School, and I picked out, I thought I was smart, I picked out a phlegmatic to come up front. Then I told him he was speaking Swedish also, he's from Sweden. You could do it. No. Uh, we, we don't do it now, we don't have time. Uh, and then I told him now, in front of the class, now we do an experiment. You say bad words about me in, in, in Swedish, so I don't understand. <laughs> And for my astonishment, this phlegmatic started like crazy. He started and started and, and then I went down until I was on the floor. And then, and everybody laughed. And then I got up and said, now experiment two. This time, you do it harder. I said, no, not physical. Harder with me, okay? And then he built up. And then he started. And and what I did is this. I listened to him and I tried out to find, to understand some words, to find the truth about what he said. And after 15 seconds, he started, he cracked up. He started to laugh because he couldn't handle me listening to him <laughs> anymore. Thank you. <laughs> what is the lesson out of this? Dealing with conflicts depends on who you are. If you are nobody, you go down. Or you fight back. If you are Christ-like, you can take it. Because what you are interested in is truth. 
Truth will set you free. Truth will set your relationship free. The bad, you know, if, if you cannot handle criticism in your relationships, your family will produce bad environment over a long time, a reduced ability to educate children well. It's a disadvantage if you cannot handle conflicts. It will have more mistakes, more misunderstanding, more sickness, more accidents, more unnecessary stress and fights, higher risk of divorce, instability, and as Christians, your in, in, incredibility you know, rises. And your children will notice sooner or later, and they will not take you serious. I mean, not honor you anymore. We have big problems. You want to take a picture? Okay. Hurry. Okay. Now, if you have good management, conflict management, your atmosphere in the family will be a blessing. Increases ability to educate children. Less mistakes, less misunderstanding, better marriage, friendships, less sickness, more happiness, more initiative, wellness, spiritual stability, credibility, and good team spirit. We're, you're a team. You're helping each other to grow strong. So, great leaders don't tell you what to do, they show you how it's done. So what we need is good examples. You know the quote that a good family is more worth than any, every, every uh, sermon. So we need good families. It's very important for God to have good families. Very, very important. Now when we try to analyze the conflicts, I learned that the conf every conflict has a potential of growth, of maturity. And if, we, if you can see this, you, it will be a big advantage because it shows the reality and the truth. And it shows lies, unbelief, you know, it shows important things. There is something hidden there. I want to find out the truth about it. Shows a need of a change. And it will help you to develop, help you in your relationship to mature. So it's really worth to investing into this. Also in, in the church, you know, conflict management in the church, very difficult, but very good if you can do it. If you can, if you first you have to do it at home. You have to be good at home and then you can do it in the church. So what are the reasons that you can have conflicts with your spouse in marriage? Different activity interests, for instance, incompatibility, you know, personal deficits, like if you have a lot of aggression, if you have a lot of fears inside, fears always lead to problems, always. 
fears lead to pride and pride causes all kinds of problems. Salomo says, personal deficits don't allow compatibility with uh, personal deficits. You have to deal with your deficits. Fear of loss is one thing. Different understanding of education. Where shall we go? Because you grew up this way and your partner grew up the other way. How shall we deal it? You know. Parents have different goals or values. You know, if you're married with an Adventist, it's a big advantage. If not, it can be a real challenge here. Too different or too close in temperament and character. Uh, opposites attract each other, as Terry said, to a certain degree. They found out in relationships science that uh, it's good to have a relationship where components are also similar, so you un can understand each other. So you do you are not from Venus and the other one is from Mars, you know, not so far away. So it's close, more successful. Yeah. Fear of loss, yes. Okay. What is fear of loss? Uh, for instance, losing something. If a child with two years old loses his mother, it will automatically de develop fear of loss because it lost the most important person. So you see little children, for instance, when we left Sonmat, before we came up here, little David, we were, we were for 14 days with little David, the, the three-year-old, and he's, uh, he has strong bounding uh, cap capabilities, which is very important to develop in children. And so, and he saw us go, and he waited till the last second. So, so he was watching us driving down and waving. and waving, not the other children. He was doing it. So and I, and I thought, man, okay, he, he loses us now. So he has to learn to give away something and process it positively. And so it's, it's my daughter's mother, the mother of him, uh, uh, challenge. To, to help him understand what's going on and not develop fear of loss because otherwise fear of loss has a big, a big advantage, a disadvantage later on because you are afraid of losing this and that and you know, it, makes, it makes you tight to certain, certain things. For instance, it makes you jealous. Easily jealous. All fear of loss people are jealous. Yeah. You said, um, fear leads to pride. Yeah, fear leads to pride. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll come to that. Keep it, okay? Uh, yeah, you know, when one of the partners, you know, we are different. We are, some people are strong and the other one may be not so strong. Otherwise, they wouldn't have married. If they seem strong, they would never get the same date. They would never marry because one wants, yeah, they wouldn't agree. Two cholerics do not marry. So one can be, you know, now it's 
I have enough giving in. All, I, you know, I, have, I always lose. When we talk about things, and I always lose. My opinion is not worth anything. You seem to be always wiser. You act like it, you know. But my opinion is also important. Not enough appreciation, losing oneself within the system. So, you know, like the Philippines are here, you know. They have a system in the Philippines. You know, when you come over here, Denmark or wherever, Switzerland, it's a different system. And, you know, you can lose yourself in this system. You, get, you can, be, uh, can become shaking in, 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 the, in certain uh, environments. It's not easy. Shortcomings in character, nagging. Oh, this is the, a bad thing. <coughs> ladies. This is a word for the ladies. Not to forget, if you want to be a good wife, don't nag. No, no. If, if Ephesians 5, 33 tells you what you have to do, it tells you to be respectful. If you nag, if you want to nag, then try to find a very respectful way, respectful way to explain it. If you are an artist in doing this, your husband will love you. Something for the gentleman. Ephesians 5.23 says, Do not neglect your wife. It says it in other words. It says, Love your wife as yourself. If you, oh, <laughs> ah, yeah, you can hear me, all right? Did you hear me? Hey, gentlemen, love your wife as much as you can. What's this loud enough? <laughs> love her. And <coughs> ladies, respect your husband. Respect your husband. So Paul didn't say, ladies, love your husband, because they do that anyway. He doesn't need to say that. He says respect. There's a book about this, love and respect. Some people know. Who knows it? Good. Very good. There are some treasures in it that you can take for yourself it's it's the art of loving you know very important at this topic um, yeah something that you mentioned sorry I forget Terry Terry, Terry. Uh, <coughs> and, and and both of you when you got kids the kids were just another part of you and you got <laughs> second and third fourth place uh, how did that feel in the in the respect part did you yeah. feel disrespectful? You want it, you want me to have the same feelings again? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't feel good. Yeah. I, mean, you, I had to deal with it, you know. But I mean, I and, and you have to know that it was a long time later before we actually dealt with the subject of love and respect. So I wasn't always the respectful wife that I should have been. 
and that caused a lot of conflict. But he also wasn't the loving husband that I had expected. <laughs> so, you know. Now she was, in other words, she was the giver and I was the taker. And suddenly I didn't take, get anything anymore or hardly anything anymore. And I had to learn to give too. I had to change my system because suddenly I had, yeah, right, I had uh, children and I started to love my children and I concentrate, you know, this is a new work. This is big work to bring children to God. Yeah. Okay, health problems can ha be a, pro a problem, of course, uh, relatives sometimes not have the lifestyle not sleeping enough you know money they say money is a big issue sometimes in marriages uh, that should be really talked over uh, seriously finding solutions if not then you ask you look for a counselor very important cultural loneliness Sometimes people are, yeah, are under-challenged or over-challenged, you know, and both is not good. Same with children, same with children. Observe your children. Are they challenged or are they under or over-challenged? And you have to do something about it. So sometimes families have too many children but you have them now you have to deal with it but but it's a real challenge and maybe the mother needs some support from the husband and the husband is escaping you know escapismus escapismus is a, is the new sickness of the escapism is a new sickness of the postmodern people they escape problems young people total escape escaping everything they do not want it they have not they have not the strength to deal with problems anymore and then if you are a helicopter parent you might know about it helicopter parents you know they just oversee the children and they and this is uh, our generation that generation X parents they usually are helicopter parents meaning they love their children so much that they helicopter them <laughs> they they do not let the child go to school by itself they, everything is helicoptered and they cannot say no to the child because if the, the child is more important they want to be loved by the child they think they produce love, not knowing that they produce uh, total disrespect. When those children are older, they will throw their parents away because they did not <coughs> learn how to love, because they realize in life, life is different. I do not get spoiled in life. How in the world, why did my parents not uh, teach me how to deal with the world out there? And so, Watch out, make sure, not only from today on, you know, a no is a no and stays a no. Once you said no, 
be careful to say no, but when you say no, it's no. And when your children are not used to this, they will what's that, man? Um, es- escalate. Escalate. <laughs> and the more they escalate, the more they escalate, the more urgent it is to change the system. You, they have to learn to. If God says no, it's no. You know, we have to learn to accept limits. The better they learn to accept limits, the easier God can use them later. If they cannot accept this, it will. They will always have struggles with working together with God, working together with the society, being a, a, a benefit for the society. I just want to say. And a, a lot of parents use a lot, they, they, they need a lot more energy in raising their children because they have these conflicts all the time, because the children know that if they argue long enough, they'll get what they want. Mm-hmm. And if the parents make it clear and they are consistent and when they say no, it's no, then they, look, they can save a lot of time with these arguments mm-hmm. and then they can have a happy family mm-hmm. <laughs> just say no mommy said no okay let's go on and I'm so happy that Terry is not compromising in that sense if she says no it's no and uh, I wondered you know why our children are all missionaries we are so from this, you know, we, you know us now, you know, why, how, how in the world can our children be missionaries? Oh, we also did something good, you know. And one thing is, this no, is no. And another thing is, and I want to tell you this, one, another thing is, we decided that we count to three. If a child does something that it shouldn't do. One, two, let me tell you, our boys knew after three there is no escape and the punishment. So they learned very fast. So whenever Terry said one, they changed their mind. (laughs) Does God warn us? Does he? Hey. We better know how to deal with warnings, right? So, it seems like our children learned to deal with warnings. If God wants them, okay. You know? So, it's very important that they learn this. And behind direction, giving directions, there are always principles. You know, have to know what you're doing. Build, and that way you can build up very good principles, yeah? Uh, and he had also a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if you say yes and she says no? Or option? That's not an option. <laughs> that's not an option. How do you come to that? <laughs> I know it's not an option. Yeah, yeah. In daily life? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have, to, we have to talk to each other, see? Yes. And when, when, when she says yes and I think no, and it's important... I do not say no after she said yes, but I talk to her later 
about the principles behind it. Shouldn't we, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense more to go this direction, you know? And then next time she says no, for instance. Or yes, stays with yes, you know, depending on the solution. I just wanted to give a, um, a little balance to that, you know, when no is no. Um, that's absolutely true. But to um, spend time with your children and and have the relationship so that they know they are loved, even though I just don't say no and I don't care. But um, yeah, we explanation we, okay, to explain the reason. I don't think you always have to explain something. It's good if you can, you know, at the moment. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to say no, and that's the way it is. But I just meant not necessarily in that situation that you have to spend time, but in general to have a, a loving relationship and spend enough time with the child that it knows that when you say no, it's for their own good. Mm -hmm. so. That's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not because you're too lazy or you don't want to. Right. Yeah. We go and play with them <coughs> and we, we do sp sports with them or we play music with them and we play games with them and, and things like that. And we did a lot of music with our children. A lot. A lot. And music is very good for the frontal lobe. By the way, you have to build up the frontal lobe of your children. <clears throat> frontal lobe is very important to build up because it makes you, it strengthens your intrinsic motivation. And this is what God does with our health message. With every one of us who keeps the health message, he will be strengthened by it. It's just God really takes care of our brain. Fr uh, the the Stirne fr front forehead. forehead, you know, this is where we are sealed. If we neglect this, on. Yes, sir. Yeah, the the that's another art you have to learn. Before you say three, you should know how you punish. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you. You can also say it ahead of time if you know. Uh, you can warn with with a punishment. Yeah. Uh, you have to talk about what kind of punishments you use. The punishment should be, shouldn't be a benefit. Shouldn't be a benefit. Otherwise, you, you'd kill punishment. So it should be something the child does not really like. But in that moment, when you punish a child, this is, as conflict has a good opportunity here now, in such a moment, when you punish, it's the best possibility to show unconditional love. I have to punish you now. <laughs> you know? And you show unconditional love with your eyes. I love you and I have to punish you, but I love you. And it's not always that. There are, there are other ways ways to punish, and it should always kind of fit the crime. Yeah, right. It has to be um, proportional. For example, if the children are, are uh, just very, very loud and, and um, too 
energetic in the house, and you say, calm down, settle down, or something, and they don't, then, of course, they need to go outside and get some exercise. So, so one, of, one of my favorite things was to send them outside and tell them they had to take some laps around the house, outside. Um, Which they started to like. <laughs> but that's okay because it's good for them. It was exercise, and that's that's good for their frontal lobe. Mommy, can I run around? <laughs> that's what the, our daughter or, does now. But if it was in the car, for example, depending on where we were in the car on our way, if we were on our way home or something, and I said, "Settle down in the back seat. No fighting. You know, nobody touch each other, or <laughs> something." Then I remember one time specifically, I, I counted to three and it wasn't working. So I said, okay, everybody out, you walk home now from here. And it was a good, maybe a kilometer and a half or, or so home. But I was at a point where I could, I could threaten them and I knew that if I had to, I could do it. I couldn't say it if we were 10 kilometers away. <laughs> Because if I had said it, I would have had to have done it. Yes. Fortunately, that didn't ever happen. But then you could say, okay, you have to walk the last kilometer. Right. You could have said that. Mm -hmm. you had yes. 50 kilometers left. Yeah, you have to, that's right, you have these. <laughs> but, yeah, but. Mm -hmm. I don't know, because you also have to, to, to do it right now, or what? This is what I wanted to say, you know. Yeah. A punishment should be right after the act. The reason is, it's like with dogs, you know, they they do not remember uh, half an hour later. So, and in the brain, it, everything has to do with the brain. You know, if you do something and then you get a, a beating or a, a punishment, it's correlated with your experience in the brain. But if you have done something and then later on you get the punishment, it will be stored in your brain and at a total different place. It's not related, correlated to the, the act. And so you do not help your child. I have some... Uh, the father was a pastor. He was away for many days and the mother was writing down all the errors. Uh -huh. When the mother came home, they, they got up. What's happening with that? Yeah. Okay, she says, you know, pastor not being at home, mommy writes down the mistakes, and then in the evening when the father comes home, there's the big beating. Not in the evening, after, after three, four days. days. Oh, even three, four days, okay. It doesn't work. Yeah, they love their father they still, don't, them. yeah. Still. <laughs> this is what, if you want to destroy their relationship to the father, you can do that. <laughs> hey, fathers, fathers among us, you think that your children need especially your mother. Let me tell you, your children need you too. Especially boys. Especially girls before they go into, into puberty. If they do not have a good relationship by then with, your fa with the father, they are in danger. To anything can happen. You know, it's very risky. So, so today, father, they, they think they have to work, they have to work. I give, I give you 
a, a, an advice. If you are a father that has to work and he likes to work and needs work because his self-worth is correlated with uh, achievements. When you come home, with every child you have, use at least 10 minutes concentrated attention with each child alone. Not in group. Doesn't work. Alone. So, when you have three children, it takes you at least half an hour, 10 minutes for each child, to invest uh, as an investment to work with one child and then you go on their eye level you go down and you play with the child on wh however however old it is with things of their system you come into their world and if you go into their world they will feel loved because a child if a child meets another child on the same le eye level it opens and if you can do that before the child goes to sleep, the next day will be different for this child. If you do that with all the children that go to school, the, the achievement of the child in school will be different, better. I saw a lot of ch children not being able to learn because the father didn't take time for them. He was not interested in it. And so, the, especially boys, they have an issue. With it. So you, you need to take care of the interest and the needs of the children. And if, if it's only 10 minutes per day, you will see the difference. The teacher will notice what happened with it. May I have a thing? thing with fathers and their daughters is very interesting. Uh, those of us who are fathers, do we care who our daughters eventually end up marrying with? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's so strong studies to show this, that the relationship with your daughter will dictate who they'll marry with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you ask, how come that girl married that guy? I don't understand. Look at the father. Yeah. And then they'll understand. Yeah, exactly. Really right. Right, yeah. And another thing, yeah. we were talking before about yes and no. And as parents, we get this question thousands of times a day. Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do that? You know, it's, it's like that. And we usually try, we know the answer and we go yes or no, or sometimes we say, I need to talk to your mother and so on. But I think there's a third one that we don't use a, a lot, and that is uh, resonate with them. Like, what do you think? And help them right. achieve the right answer. Uh, they are thinkers. And right. They can, you know, okay, I eat ice cream. Well, how many chocolates have you eaten today? So, what do you think? Right. You know. Very good. Behind every rule, there is a principle. And if they learn to deal with principle, with the Concepts of life, such a blessing. And you can develop it very nice. To see that eventually they'll stop asking, they come tell you, oh, today I can't eat ice cream because I already ate this or whatever it is. That will eventually happen. Thank you very much. Um, how are you solving uh, conflicts with non Christian relatives, let's say an uncle or an aunt, and this person is like. Um, an assist and, and always uh, and the other ones are guilty and, and not me and you just want uh, mm -hmm. what, what my bad and stuff so and, and when, the, when the person doesn't value those principles mm -hmm. but like uh, the family is suffering under that mm -hmm. because I mean we also read that we should um, 
We should. Yeah, peace with all men. Yeah, yeah. Now that's a that's a difficult uh, question actually. Narcissism is growing. Narcissism means people that did grow up without any or hardly any compassion, hardly any empathy and compassion. There's a difference a little. Uh, and then they they are measured by achievement. And so they, when they go into, I, I wrote in my blog about this, you know, how to avoid a marriage with an, a narcissism, narcissist. Uh, and uh, so this is a topic you have to study yourself if you want to know about it, or you go on my blog. Uh, this is uh, crucial, yeah. I heard I had time till 20 past 12, 12, and I thought, man, this is enough time. But let me tell you, we are now on the, on the slide 22 or 50. <laughs> I did not think too far here. Yeah, can, yeah. I don't know how they, they do it here. Uh, I want to skip some things here. There's a conflict resolution model. This is how we should work. You know, where is the problem? Here it says problem. I would say challenge. Where is the conflict? Identifying with the feelings that are involved. The impact, the rational thing. And then you decide whether you do something with the conflict. Sometimes conflict, it's not worth doing something. Sometimes you should, you know. And then you have to learn or then you practice uh, your skills how to do it. Managing conflicts, you know. And this has a lot to do with emotional intelligence. If you uh, have studied emotional intelligence, it has to do with who... Uh, self-competence -com and social competence. These are the two components of emotional intelligence. And this is, this is how you can understand it here. Listen actively. Listen actively is not just gentlemen. This is a, a, an advice for the gentleman. Sometimes you listen to your wife without listening. Prove her that you listen with mirroring. Repeating what are you mean this and then um, watch out what you say because she can say oh you didn't listen <laughs> uh, Because the you know, you know our brains are different right women's brains is different from men's brains, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, so what we have to do with uh, try to Reach is a win-win situation where both partners win in a conflict. And if we avoid, fight, give up, evade, compromise, it's not good. We have to look for a consensus. Then we have a win-win situation. So, uh, is this right or wrong? Ah, uh, he's too smart. Right, I'm a programmer. See, I programmed in one zero zero one 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 zero zero. 
So, but it's not working in the, in our ten. Uh, is that my decimal. decimal system? It's this, it's a binary system here. So, so this is true if you are in a binary system, but if you are in a decimal system, it's not true. It's wrong. So some people they think a little different than others. So what do you see here? Okay, close your eyes. Zack, what, 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 what did you see? A butterfly. Yeah, right. What kind? I saw the blue, now it's a green one. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, in a marriage, a pastor showed this butterfly to a couple, having them at front. Asking the husband, what color is this butterfly? He says, blue. And then he, say, he goes to her and says, what color is this butterfly? And she says, green. And then he says, now we have the first conflict. <laughs> he says blue, she says green, to the same thing. Everybody could see it. So, and then what did he do? He said, you go over here and you go over here. What happened? Suddenly she says it's blue and he says it's green. So if we go to the other person's situation, place, world looks different. Got it? So what we have to look is for a consens. This is this is the best in conflict management. Consens. Uh, many people are com uh, content with compromise. Okay, sometimes you know. Now we have to skip this one. So something most people don't know is how their self-worth is built up. Does anybody know who, how your self-worth is built up? <laughs> These are three components how you start building up your self-worth when you are a little baby, child, youth. Everything you do will be mirrored by other people. Oh, nice, you, he can walk. And how, are you, how excited are the parents? And the child knows, the more I walk, the more I can fill up my laugh tank. <laughs> so that's what we do. Achievements, then we go to school. You know, you get marks, you get, you know, you know exactly, you know, achievement makes you. If you do not have good achievements, you're nobody. Everybody tells you, the whole economy tells you. You are nobody. Materialism. Oh, if I have a, um, you know, this <laughs> scooters. Everybody has to have a scooter. My neighbors, everybody has a scooter. I have to have a scooter. If I have a scooter, I am cool. Cool is is what is what what I need to be. Cool. I need to be cool. And the society changes cool. Because the, the economy wants them to buy new things, so they change the cool system. So the, the, the children are victims of this uh, economy system. Materialism, we live in a materialistic world. So uh, watch out, watch out. And then the relationships, which is an important component. If you want to have your child being able to understand God, relationship is very important. If your self-worth is built up with relationships, 
It has a big advantage. In English, it's called bonding. If uh, the child has a strong bonding developed with mother, with father, with siblings, it's, it's, uh, it, it, this child has a big advantage in life because it will understand love much better. But if the mother, after one year or six months, goes to, to work and leaves the child, you see how the enemy tries to de destroy the society? If the bonding is destroyed, no bonding, different kind of bondings, you know, just temporary bondings, the child will hardly ever be able to love. Hardly ever be able to understand love. Hardly be ever to able to understand God's love. Very difficult. The enemy is destroying society. The love will be destroyed. And we as Adventists, we have to watch out. We have to build up our uh, value, our self-worth on being a child of God. Now, this, is, this amazes me. God could have given us another name. He did not need to say, I'm your father. He did not. He could have given us earthly children or something he could have you know there were he would have had other ideas but he gave us a name that cannot be beaten it's the highest name he gave us the highest self-worth he gave us i do not know another bigger one him being our father and this what else do you want if you were the child of Queen of Denmark, King of Denmark, I don't know, or Trump, I don't know. <laughs> Some people don't want to be that, you know, but it just if you were the child of a big personality, famous, what would be different for you? You would have no problems with money, would you? Wouldn't you? You your words suddenly would mean something because if you say something and there is a paparazzi somewhere next day will next week it will be in the newspaper right so your words count and wherever you go who's following you the bodyguards you always have bodyguards being a child of god do our words count? Hey. Do we have bodyguards? Hey. hey. And what kind? So we have a status. He gave us a status we are not aware of enough. And if we come from this here and get independent, we will be strong. If we are depending on these, the more we are depending on these, we are in danger. Because if this is yours and you get pensionio, uh, you retire, you're going to have a problem. Many people die because they, they are, their value is related to their work. Can you, can you explain what this has to do with conflict? What this has to do with conflict? Okay, shortly. Your self-worth is you. 
And this is how you see the world outside. These are your values. If you think I have low self-worth, you will fight all the time. If you are a child of God, you don't need to fight. You can take it. And you are interested in truth. But if you, the less you are down here, the more you are up here, depending on these components, the more you will need to fight whatever. Or yeah, all, all deficits. Ah, we have to go. Different brains. Ah, yeah. Different temperaments. Oh, this is a topic in itself. Group dynamics. You know, uh, some people are very sensitive, high sensitive people. They say 15 to 20% of people are sensitive. Switzerland more, because they, we have a lot of melancholies. So that's how they, what does the other person think of me? So people are very sensitive about it. So this uh, self-image and external image with feedbacks, you can develop it in children so they learn how to perceive themselves, to develop emotional intelligence. A husband who loves his wife loves himself. When I read this, wow, it was a discovery. We have to learn to love ourselves. If I hate myself, how would I ever be able to love? So the, the, it's in a way biblical to learn to love himself, but this is not a, a, a narcissistic love, okay? This is, the, the, this is based on Christ's love here, okay? And then this one here, we talked about it. You know, a husband shall love his wife as himself. A wife shall respect her husband. So these are the focuses. A, a woman who wants to marry successfully, develop this uh, and practice this in life. Emotional intelligence, yes, very important. Now this here. If pride and selfishness were laid aside, five minutes would remove most difficulties. Uh, I, 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 this is a quote, huh? So where's our problem? Yeah. See, it's the pride. The pride, as I said, is the result out of fear. And fear is a result out of being away from God. Adam and Eve... As soon as they did the first sin, what happened? They hid. They hid. They were afraid. You know, as soon as we are, the further we are away from God, the more fear we have. The more pride develops. So it's Jesus actually that, and I want to explain this now. Oh, did you? Did you get it? Uh, Bible and spirit of prophecy very nice now now listen to this I wanted to show you this uh, cause and effect tree let's say somebody is ambitious maybe you are ambitious maybe sometimes you feel lonely sometimes uh, pride comes out show off maybe boastful you know and then they you want to help those people for instance what do you do 
If you try to help this person not to show off, you will be lost because this person has a, a cause. All this has a cause, okay? So this cause con can be low self-worth. So how can you help this person the best? You can help this person the best if you help in this area. Because if you solve this problem, what happens? You solve the rest. So this is structural thinking. Most people do not think structural. We're not used to. We do not use. It. We're not used to think. We have to learn to see things, problems, structural. And the crazy thing here is that our this is a problem tree here. Here we have the problems. And they have causes, and they have causes, and they have causes. How do I get down? Down there. I get down there with the question, why? Why? Why am I? Why do I have this? Why am I always reacting this way? You have to ask, why, 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 why? And then you come further down, and then you find out the truth about yourself. And then you finally, I mean, this has happened with me, finally, I came to the conclusion my problem is, or our problem, mankind's problem is, love. We are away from God. See? We have this sin problem. We have, you know, this is what the Bible tells us. The closer we are to Him, the better we are off. So, and then I try to, to create just really fast, a, not a problem tree, but the solution tree. So I found out, Wow, God is so good. He reaches us right down here. If God wants to help us, He does not help you here. Here, He goes round down here. And if He helps us here, everything will change. That's why we, if we want to solve conflicts constantly, we have to put on the new man. How, how, how does the Bible say in English? The new man, the new person, right? This is the new person, you know. Being strengthened by love changes everything and everything will be a blessing. Instead of a problem tree, a challenge tree, we are in a in a Second Corinthians 5:17, yes. So, the ideal source of love is going to the cross. And the better we can do that, the more as we heard these days the better we can do that, the better for us. And then we can study, for instance, how did Jesus solve conflicts? Oh man, he's <laughs> amazing. Yeah? Amazing how he solves conflict. We can think about it. Yes, sir. Uh, two, one comment and one question. First one is, when you asked how Jesus solved it, in my mind, he asked a creative question when a question was raised for him. Yeah. So, so that would be one way of solving or going no. to the group. Right, exactly. The, the other one was, I was out for a couple of minutes. Did you answer the question about uh, how fear and pride related? Yeah. Not content, huh? Not content. Okay. Okay. Uh, to finish this here, 
as he mentioned, you know, sometimes Christ uh, uh, answered with a question. But every time he was con in conflict, he was correlating to God. So he, was, he, was, he had put on the new man, in a way, you know. And this is, if we are in this, then in this state, then we will more and more be similar to him and, and have this wisdom that he has to react as he reacted or towards this, you know. Is this understandable? Okay, going back to... See, the beginning of proud, I, pride, I said, is fear. Fear means distance from God, meaning God in me. I mean, I'm God. You know, Satan, this is his, his spiritualism, right? Uh, spiritism system that he started with Adam and Eve. I am God. I do not need God, you know. And so, which is pride. And so if we try to solve our problems in our way, because we are afraid of dealing with him and going to him, then we are developing pride. So if you feel lonely, you tend to become pride, proud. You can, you can, uh, yeah, sir? But getting out of fear, is that also some kind of uh, decision? Uh, Inter? If you want to get out of fear, yeah. Yes. Good, you mentioned this. Yes. Very good. What does John, uh, uh, this morning his, uh, uh, Christopher said, you know, when John writes something, every second word is called love. love. Always talks about love. And what does he talk about fear? What does he say about fear? Love, true love casts out fear. So replace the bad things with good things. This is a biblical concept. So if we are fearful, we have to, for instance, different things, find the truth about it, get free and replace it with love. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.